Sunday with Miriam on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by Supervalue Insurance. Offering sound advice for your car, home and travel insurance needs. Tweet at Miriam O'Call. Well, Australian writer and columnist Bridget Delaney is the co-creator of Wellmania on Netflix, based on her book of the same name, which explores the wellness industry. It's a comedy about a chaotic life, about family and friendship and exercise and excess. Well, recently, Bridget Delaney, who is, of course, of Irish extraction with a name like that, has found a new guiding philosophy, and it's a pretty old one. Her book is called Reasons Not to Worry, How to Be Stoic in Chaotic Times. Bridget Delaney... Good morning to you. Tell me how you came to embrace stoicism. So I'm not stoic by nature. That's small less stoic. Um, I, I'm quite emotional and reactive. But I was doing a column, a regular column for The Guardian, and I'd try out different trends. And one one year it was stoic week, and so I thought I'd try and be stoic for a week. And I realized stoicism was not what I thought it was. It was not about having a stiff upper lip, but rather it was studying the way that people in ancient times coped with adversity and applying some of those techniques to my own life. And I suppose it teaches us, Bridget, that our lives, our possibilities, they're finite. We can only live so long, do so much. It all sounds very practical. But by the way, is it a message your readers want to hear? Oh, desperately want to hear, particularly younger readers. You know, they were brought up, a lot of younger readers were brought up without religion, without sort of any ethics training, confused about right and wrong. And stoicism is a very clear road for a lot of people, and it's very practical. People were wanting some rules or some guidance about how to live now. And what is its essential message, stoicism? Is it true that it says you can really only control about three things in your life? That's correct. Broadly speaking, you can control your actions and reactions, not always your actions, depending on your situation, but definitely your reactions to things. You can control your character and you can control how you treat other people. But pretty much everything else in life is outside your control, say the Stoics. Why did you get so into Stoicism, Bridget? What was it about your own life that you felt it could be useful in your life? I think anyone that's seen Well Mania on Netflix um, with the fabulous Celeste Barber would say it's a story about a woman who's approaching 40 and her life is totally out of control. Like she's a food reviewer in New York. She eats a lot. She drinks a lot. She has lots of casual sex and drugs. And um, and then, you know, she has this huge health problem and she's forced to kind of stop and and reconsider her life. And you know, so Wellmania was based on control, on, on being out of control. You know, what happens when you're out of control and what happens when the brakes are applied. And the Stoic book I wrote during the pandemic, so um, de- I definitely followed the situation in Ireland. It's quite similar to Australia. We had lockdown orders, um, restrictions on travel. Uh, you couldn't leave Australia for a very long period of time. You couldn't go within a few miles of your house. Um, You couldn't socialize with other people. So a lot of control was taken away in that period of time. And it just happened to be while I was studying the Stoics. And so it was really interesting to see how they talked about control and how I might be able to use it in, in a pandemic situation. And do you find yourself, I know I mentioned the three things we have control over earlier, but that Mm. there's so much for our life we have no control over. Absolutely. We have the illusion of control. And I think 
a lot of people like to think that they control everything. But if you look at your interactions with people, you often can't control how people respond to you. Even just being out on the road, you can't control other cars. Say, for example, you're an actor doing a performance. You can only do the performance to the best of your ability, but you can't control how the audience responds or how a critic might respond. So um, the Stoics are really good in sort of differentiating what we can and can't control and then saying, if you can't control it, don't worry about it, you know, move on. And I think that's a really, really interesting lesson uh, that we can use today. And death and grief, obviously, are, I suppose, those things in life we all find very difficult to deal with. But the Stoics actually Mm. say we can prepare for that. So how do they tell us to prepare for death and grief? I mean, their methods, I think, can be seen as a bit extreme. Um, they, they ask us to imagine, for example, if you see a friend or a family member you haven't seen for a while, you might be meeting up for Christmas and you imagine that person dying and this will be the last Christmas you'd have with them. So you almost kind of vaccinate yourself or inoculate yourself against the grief that will happen when they die because you're grieving them each time you part. They call it negative visualization, so imagining terrible things happening to loved ones, um, imagining the worst. You give yourself a bit of a, a hit of that, you internalize it, and then you, you know, the lesson is that you're meant to enjoy that person while you have them because you have reminded yourself that they are finite. So do they also kind of believe in the idea of living in the moment, that you don't keep thinking ahead? Um, they certainly say that you should you should plan um, and definitely plan for people dying and plan for your own death. But they said you should enjoy your friends and loved ones while you have them. And that's often in the moments. Has it changed you, Bridget, stoicism? It's definitely changed me. Like it's, um, you know, I, I spent many years working on the book and um, I had a, a sort of a, a friend who I would go on these walks with and we'd talk about stoicism and he was much more stoic than I was and I'd often argue with him. And I was, you know, always sort of less convinced by it than he was. And then gradually over time, I started relying on it more. I'm a lot less reactive, uh, a bit more sort of easygoing. You know, I tend to do my stoic calculations when I'm in a situation that I can't control. And if I, if I can't control it, I do, I do tend to move on and not worry about it. And definitely like less angry about stuff like, um, missing flights or cancelled flights or things that used to really bug me. Um, I realised I can't do anything about it. So I try and use the time, you know, writing in my diary or I'll buy a book at the airport or, yeah, I just don't get upset as much anymore. Many of us are addicted to our phones and that's partly to with social media. Did it change your way of using social media? Yes and no. I mean, I'm still, you know, being a journalist, you're on it a lot just to see what, what, what's happening. Um, having a weekly column meant I had a high profile and people who didn't like the column would often send me insulting tweets or say terrible things about me on the internet. And um, the Stoics basically, even though they didn't have the internet then, they were amazing about how to deal with insults. You know, don't sort of take in that criticism, that mindless criticism from people that don't know you, but also don't seek praise from from random strangers either. So I changed the settings on Twitter or X as it's now known. So I don't see a lot of stuff that's really negative. But I also, if, if someone 
says something positive, I just will not – I'll also not really properly read it because, you know, I don't want to have an unbalanced opinion of myself. So the Stoics have been really good in teaching me about, you know, shutting out the negative but also not not taking in the positive. So you have this very successful career now, Bridget, as a writer and a journalist. Before that, you were a travel writer. And before that, you were a lawyer. But tell me a little about your Irish background, which led to all of this, Bridget. Uh, oh, well, I'm as Irish as a, you know, uh, what is that? So I'm not as Irish as a potato. We're, but basically, both sides of the family are Irish. Uh, both sides came over after the famine. Um, Dad's side's from Tipperary. Mum's side's from County Clare. Dad's side in particular, the Delaney's, ended up in a in a patch of land that in Victoria, in Australia, that resembled the west coast of Ireland. And so all the towns are named after, like there was a Belfast, there was a um, Killarney, there still is a Killarney. All the streets had Irish names. Um, all the people in the town were of Irish descent and our family were whiskey, whiskey makers. Um, so it... it, it was very much and still is an Irish, very strong Irish kind of diaspora in that part of the world. And then when I was um, in my early 20s, I went and moved to Dublin and I worked in the Temple Bar as a, they wouldn't trust me pulling the pints of Guinness. <laughs> they didn't think I had any ideas. So I used to, you know, they call it a dish pig in Australia, but it's like, you know, dishwasher collecting plates. So I had a great time in Ireland. And were you conscious of being Irish when you were growing up? It was very much an ethnic identity. So um, there was an Irish festival in in the nearby town. Um, People would talk about going back to Ireland. And the entire community, the entire town was pretty much um, Anglo-Irish. So, um, yeah, it was a very, very strong identity. Um, We didn't really, we didn't know, we knew one Irish person, but we all sort of, I guess, thought of ourselves as Irish and you know now that I'm a bit older I I question you know I question that you know the ties to that identity I feel like um there's a very strong indigenous history in the area that we grew up in and there was no curiosity about you know first Australians we were much more interested in you know the Irish aspects so I feel like yeah if I if I have my time again I'd definitely be more, try and be more connected to the Indigenous people of the land um, where my family settled. And of course, Bridget, speaking about your Indigenous population there, you had that referendum, of course, quite recently. Um, Well, there was a referendum about whether or or not Indigenous people should be recognised in the Constitution, but um, that, that didn't pass. So it's very hard to get a referendum up in Australia. You need the majority of people in the majority of states and Unfortunately, people didn't vote to to recognise Indigenous people in the way that, you know, they had wanted. So, yeah, it's been it's been not great. Now, Bridget, I mentioned Wellmania in the intro. And for anyone who hasn't seen it, it's great. It's about an Aussie food writer in New York. Mm. She flies home, as you said, for a quick visit. She gets stuck there because she's a health scare and she decides that a wellness quick fix is what she really needs. What is the success of that series and the book meant to you? It's just it's just meant the world to me because it's so unexpected. Um, when I wrote the book, you know, it was a memoir, so quite different from a TV show. It was the last thing I would have expected to be turned into a comedy. Um, 
but I was involved in the creation of it uh, with Benjamin Law, who's a fantastic writer over here, and our dream star was Celeste Barber, and we got her. And so yeah, it's it's been really good, and it, and the books, you know, now been translated around the world, and uh, I think it's very relatable. Like stoicism can seem intimidating to some people, and it's not everyone's cup of tea, but everyone's woken up, you know, after one too many drinks or one too many burgers or just felt terrible and then said, that's it, I'm going to um, I'm gonna go on a detox or I'm going to start jogging. So, yeah, people, people really connected with it. So any plans to come back and visit us, Bridget, here in Ireland? Absolutely. I, um, well, I was very sad to, you know, obviously Shane McGowan and, um, dying so I've been listening to the Pogues all week and that just puts me back in those pubs in Dublin um, that Christmas that I worked in the Temple Bar so I've been feeling very nostalgic Uh, so as soon as as soon as airfares come down they're a bit (laughs) they're a bit pricey at the moment Um, but yeah there's so much of Ireland I can't wait to see and um, you know lots of friends who are still there so yeah you, you, you might I might pop in and say hi, say good day. Yeah, love to see you, Bridget. Well, look, Bridget Delaney, thanks so much for speaking to me on our show this thanks, morning. Miriam. The book is called Reasons Not to Worry How to Be Stoic in Chaotic Times, and it's published by Piatkos. Thanks for chatting to us, Bridget. Mind yourself. Thanks so much, Miriam. Take care.